Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. I am so excited that today we have our first couple to the podcast. We are talking with Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs, who are the founders of Hope Matters Marriage Ministries, a 501c3 nonprofit Christian organization. Their ministry includes sharing God's heart for marriage and relationships through biblical counseling, writing, and speaking. Cheryl is a dear friend of mine, you guys, and I just love meeting Jeff for the first time today during this interview. Together, they live in Dallas and are truly a beautiful, vibrant, and very wise couple from the inside out. Their story honestly gives me chills. They wrote a book called I Do Again, which details their 30-year story of marriage, betrayal, infidelity, divorce, emotional damage, but how God brought them back together after divorce to eventually remarry and restore their relationship. It is such a powerful testimony of God's redeeming love. It also shows how important things such as trust, communication, and a heart for Jesus are while dating. There is so much to be learned in dating from the Scruggs story so that we can strengthen our tools to build lasting, thriving marriages. Cheryl also has an amazing podcast called Thriving Beyond Belief that I had the honor of being on a few months ago, and I just truly adore the woman she has in her podcast. I hope y'all enjoy this life-giving conversation with my friends, Jeff and Cheryl. Jeff and Cheryl, I'm so beyond thrilled to have you guys on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being on. We're, we're excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Kay, you're so special. And I'm just, we just feel so honored. Oh, I love it. Cheryl, I know that I love our friendship and I've known you now for a little bit of time, but Jeff, this is the first time I'm actually getting to meet you. And I feel like it's kind of like you're one of those people that I know without knowing. Hey. <laughs> Sounds good to me. It's great <laughs> it's, to be here. And I know all good if things, good, so nothing Cheryl, to worry about. Friends with me. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh my goodness. So I've said this before to you, Cheryl, but truth be told, you guys are such an inspirational couple and you just have such a phenomenal story that I'm excited to get into here in just a second. But before we even get started, I just want to say that I'm so beyond thrilled to have you both today because I've been so so personally moved by your story and by what you're doing um, and what God is doing in your lives and in your marriage to touch the lives of others um, and specifically for other couples. So here, you know, on the Heart of Dating podcast, um, we, frankly, we're only here because the struggle is real when it comes to dating yeah. and it can be extremely hard to navigate. And sometimes it can be really hard to that point to have hope um, and to not lose hope. So while we know that all of our struggles don't just magically disappear when we get married, um, it's still beautiful to see couples such as yourself um, being open and honest about the struggles that you've had and gone through and also being just so forthright about God's hand being at work in and throughout your lives for redemption. And so I'm just so excited to speak with you today. Thank you, Kate. And you know, I, I've been thinking about this. I was really excited about the fact that you were actually going to do something on dating and, mm. um, under, you know, biblical, uh, 
grounds and how that looks. And there's mm-hmm. just a lot of people out there that um, are really needing this kind of guidance and wisdom. Mm-hmm. But thanks Thank for doing so the much. podcast. We, we need that <laughs> guidance and wisdom. Yeah, it's funny because right, dating doesn't just stop. What I say to people too doesn't just stop in being single. You still are kind of dating in marriage in a way, right? Absolutely. Well, and even when we first met, uh, we did not date biblically. Yeah, live out biblically. I mean, I mean, frankly, I wasn't even a Christian. Um, Jeff had kind of like rebelled a bit against his faith, and so that was back Mm. in. Golly, you weren't even born yet, but it was in 1981. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So important. And it's hard because we don't have a lot to go off of um, from the Bible specifically when it comes to dating because it just didn't really exist during that time. So that's why we're here today, obviously. So you, Jeff and Cheryl, you guys have such a miraculous story. And every time I hear it, I've said this to you, Cheryl, but I get chills. It's so moving and it's brought me to tears many times. I've read your book um, and just hearing you guys talk about it time and time again. It's been so beautiful. So I know a lot about it, but I know our listeners don't know very much about it. So would you just briefly give us, you know, a rundown on your story and your miraculous testimony and what God did in both your lives and in your marriage? Yeah. You know, we met in 1981. Uh, Mm -hmm. We met, I was a cocktail waitress in a bar and Jeff was in there trying to pick me up. You know, I met (laughs) you. What was, what's the line? I met you as co- working as waitress in a cocktail bar when I met you. That yeah, song, yeah. You know that song? You probably don't. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if I know it. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So I was putting myself through school and Jeff uh, mm. you know, came in the restaurant. I was actually engaged at the time. I was a senior in college. Oh. Yeah. But um, wow. so, you know, I saw him and it was really interesting if, if I had been, um, you know, really uh, been guided by the Holy Spirit, I would have known that that was God, you know, showing me that Jeff was the man for me. But um, yeah. my heart was really drawn to him. I didn't really know him. Of course, he was exceptional looking, so that didn't hurt things. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, who's this dashing yeah. young lad? Oh, but at, at the same time, that too <laughs> is sometimes um, looks are what kind of drive people. Um, yeah, it's just so, true. so much more to dating than what someone looks like. Um, and so mm-hmm. that is a good thing and a bad thing. You know, I mean, um, I didn't even know Jeff and I was thinking, gosh, maybe that could be the guy I'm going to marry type thing. But yeah. anyway, we met, we dated for about a year. Uh, Jeff traveled a lot during that year with his work. And so, um, mm-hmm. about a year later, uh, I graduated from college, went to training and, uh, came back after three weeks and Jeff's took me out to dinner and he just said, Hey, I've got good news and bad news. And the good news or the bad news, I'll tell you first, which is, um, I have, I've gotten transferred to LA and, Mm. uh, good news is, and he had the waiter come out with a ring and asked me to marry him. Oh yeah. We got, I I asked her to marry me, not the waiter. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a fun twist on the story. (laughs) uh, We got married two months later. Jeff had to move right away. And so um, we got married in November of 1982 and moved Mm. to LA, didn't know a soul, um, just started our Mm -hmm. lives in our mid-20s together, uh, not knowing anyone there. Uh, And we just kind of were blown and going. I mean, we were doing the LA lifestyle. We went to the beach all the time. Um, (laughs) I know it well. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. We were successful with our work and, you know, Mm -hmm. for our age made, you know, really good money and things like that. So it looked like we were the perfect 
like it looked like we had the perfect life, perfect marriage, yeah. you know, all of that. And for me, I started to grow really lonely in the marriage. Um, and that was about year two and long mm. story short, I kept that to myself for a long time. I'm an oldest type A perfectionist. Um, not so much mm. close to 60. So I'm not quite as type A perfectionist. I'm but, so with you, Cheryl. I'm so type A. Oh, so, yeah. um, you know, I, I kept it to myself for a long time and the way it manifested itself eventually was, um, in, in a, uh, an adulterous affair eight years into our marriage. So I kind of held all this in for about six years. Um, felt a lot of bitterness and resentment towards Jeff. Um, we were not living any type of biblical life together at all. Um, and so I ended up talking to a guy I worked with and we talked at a sales meeting. He started sharing with me that he was having issues in his marriage. And I had never shared with one person up until that point that I felt like I wasn't happy in my marriage that, you know, I was in a sense, pretty much, I would have called myself faking it because I was very dedicated to my marriage, but I felt like I was pretending a lot because I felt like there was something wrong with me for feeling empty because it looked like I was, had the perfect life. And so I started talking to this guy, totally threw me off course, um, really under a lot of deception, thinking I was falling in love with this person I never spent any time with. Uh, he lived in Northern California and we were talking on the telephone and I felt like I was in quotes, falling in love with this guy. Um, and so it was, it was pretty devastating. And that was in 1990, just for a timeline. So it was March of 90. In April of 90, Jeff found out we were going to move to Dallas. Um, we'd had our kids in 1988. We had twin daughters in 1988 in Redondo Beach. And uh, they were two. And so we moved to Dallas in August. Um, the affair became physical in April of 90. Um, very blunt. Um, we met at a hotel in the LA area and it was physical thing. Um, and so, uh, three months later we moved. I never saw the guy from April to August. Uh, everybody wants to know all these details. And so, yeah. um, you know, got there, got to Dallas and I thought I could run away from all this mess I had gotten myself into, um, just get myself together, uh, try to work on my marriage. And that's not the way it played out. Um, I missed the emotional connection I had with this guy, which is what was the main thing that was missing in our marriage besides the spiritual part of it. And, um, I started calling him from here and that led me to file for divorce. And, uh, we divorced, uh, it, it was a two year process. So we divorced in August of 92. But the cool part was when we got to Dallas, we started going to church for the first time in our marriage. And, um, God, was, I mean, Jesus was just running after me. And I didn't understand that that was the Lord at the time. I just knew that I was so convicted. And so I was so emotional. Like I would just get wrecked at a, at a service with song or the, the, the sermon or whatever. And so I didn't realize that was God um, coming, chasing after me. Jeff was devastated. He didn't never wanted the divorce, fought it the whole way. And so we started going to church. And so when we divorced, I started going to a different church. And it was there two months later that I became a Jesus follower. And that's really, for me, um, I call it my Damascus Road experiences where my eyes and heart were completely opened. And um, I saw that the missing piece for us was Jesus as the center of our marriage. And you know, we didn't have Jesus as the center of our dating either. Yeah. So I'll yeah. talk about that a little. 
Yeah. God just, you know, long story short, God put me on a path to restore the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff was totally against it. He was so angry with me because I divorced him and he couldn't figure out why. He, he eventually yeah. found out I had had an affair. Um, but the process was a seven year process and we were divorced for seven years and God restored our marriage, um, mm. seven years of divorce. So we've been back together for 18 years now. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And <sighs> we have a marriage ministry here in the Dallas area and really all over the country, but we're, we're based here in Dallas. Yeah. You know what's so interesting too about that story and just every time you share it, this always pops to my head, but I think um, in marriage, but so much in dating too, just about that story and a lot of what led you, Cheryl, to go into the affair and all of that has a lot to do with communication too. And so how, in your opinion, for both of you guys, why do you think often over time you can start feeling that the person doesn't know who you are, that they don't understand your needs? And the more and more you don't express your needs or, or have those deeper conversations, the more that you feel disconnected from the person. And people can often get married without even going to that level of communication and intimacy, um, which can be a, a really big problem because later in life it ends in irrec- you know divorce because of irreconcilable differences or divorce because potentially of an affair. So why do you think that this happens so often? And um, what can we do you know, in dating, what do you guys wish that you maybe would have done in dating previously to avoid this? Yeah. I mean, I think the the whole communication thing is such a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. as I look back on it, I wish we had had someone older and wiser walking alongside of us, yeah. either in, either in the dating process or uh, even in some premarital counseling, because the reality is simple things like I'm an internal processor. So I need to think about things for a while. Cheryl's more of a verbal processor. So she, she'll say, I'm just thinking out loud. Well, Mm. (laughs) when she's just thinking out loud, I'm over here like, Oh my God, this is putting all kinds of pressure on me. You know, like, I want to fix it. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, you know, that kind of thing. And just knowing simple things like that. And she literally is just mm. processing out loud. Well, I want to think about it for a day or two, but then at the same time, circling back around and still having that conversation, not because mm. I'm also a conflict avoider. So yeah. if there was a tough conversation and I might say, you know, I need to think about that for a day or two, but then the day or two comes up and I've thought about it, but I'm like, well, I'm not going to bring that back up. We're getting along great. Why would I bring that yeah. up? Right. So, you know, it's like having some of those early conversations that are a little more difficult, but understanding how each other communicates, understanding more about family of origin. Yeah, that's so and, and it's not to blame things on our family of origin. It's just to understand it. Yeah. And where we came from, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah because how you your background. raised and, you know, how involved, uh, what kind of relationship did you have with your mom and your dad and, or did you? Yeah. Because I wasn't emotionally connected to my mom. I feel like now looking back, I understand based on the way she was raised and as a child of an alcoholic father. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the reality is I didn't know my grandfather that way. That's just, you know, that was early in her life. But she didn't really ever share that with me. My aunt mm. did. And so knowing things like that and looking back and like I, I didn't really connect emotionally with my mom. So I had a hard time connecting emotionally with Cheryl. And she would say things like, well, I don't even know who you are. And I would say, well, just ask me a question and I'll tell you. I didn't even know what she's talking about. And I think, you know, what's really important is that, so for Jeff and I, we didn't actually realize 
that we had communication issues. Sense. So interesting. Yeah. Wow. So for me, I was feeling void, but I still didn't know tools or like how to address it. I mean, I grew up in a family, me and my parents stayed together, but it, you know, we didn't really, we just worked really hard as a family. Um, yeah. we didn't do a lot of emotional connecting, um, mm. went to church all the time. Didn't know there was a personal relationship with Christ. So I think so much of it for us is that we were very ignorant to even what a relationship looks like. And I think that's where biblical community plays such an important part. And so the first thing that I would say is, you know, for your listeners out there that are dating and not married or want to date or think they want to get married, whatever it is, is that it's important for them to understand who they are, know Mm -hmm. who God has made them to be, understand who their, you know, that their identity is in Christ and really even understanding who God made them talents and weaknesses and things like that. And then that makes for a better relationship because I think people get in these relationships and think someone's going to save them um, change change them them. or they're, they're going to meet all my needs. And it's not like we're not to meet our spouse's needs. Um, we do want to be sensitive to that because God did create emotions and he created needs, things like that. And that's just part of being a selfless person in your marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's really important for someone to understand who they are. So I could say that going into marriage, I didn't even know who I was. Mm. I don't know. Would you say that? About you. No, about you. Sorry. He's like, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Looking back now, no, I didn't know who I was. I mean, the reality, but you know, part of that too is like we're older and more mature now. We can look back with a different set of eyes than we did then. At the time, Mm -hmm. I would have said, yeah, I know who I am, you know. But, you know, now looking back, you know, the the other thing that I think is so important too is many of us have things in our life that were shameful about. Right. Yeah. So we don't feel comfortable. You know, when you're dating, you're putting your best, best foot forward, you know? Yeah. You're like, my A game is on right now. That's right. And you know, the reality is we need to know everybody's C game and D game, but (laughs) rarely does that happen. And, Mm -hmm. uh, just knowing who you are, if, if you're a follower of Christ, knowing that you're, you know, when you were saved, you became adopted as God's son and daughter. Yeah. How important that is. And then if, if you can get that and understand that with help, you can work through almost anything. You know, yeah. And then also understanding it doesn't hurt when you're dating to understand the roles that God has planned for, you know, uh, as a dating couple, uh, yeah. you, you know, the man is not responsible for the girlfriend and mm-hmm. wife is not responsible for submitting to the boyfriend. But yeah. as we're moving into marriage, what are those roles? What are those going to look like? What did God plan? And mm. those are so just some, not to confuse me, but once yeah. you get married, once you get married, yeah. then the yeah. roles, then it is the husband's responsibility to lead. Yeah. And then when the Bible talks about submission, as far as the wife to submit to the husband, it's never that she's to be a doormat. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that when we're mm-hmm. serving her like Christ, Love the, or loving her like Christ loved the church and serving her sacrificially like Jesus did, then she feels the safest place she can be is under under me, under my covering. Well, and I think the thing you have to remember, so, you know, we're down the road here a while now, Jeff and I, but 
this journey of dating and marriage and all of that parenting, um, if, you know, once, you know, you end up getting married and decide you have kids is this journey is a sanctification journey with Jesus. And so, you know, people think because of what happened with Jeff and I and everything we've been through and all that, that we have this perfect marriage. Well, we don't, we're, we're, Learning still. But it's so true. And I think something that I say um, too, just to that point, is that this whole journey of of dating, it's we want to we want to do our best to be a whole person before we join with someone else. Yeah. We're always gonna be a work in progress, right. but to try our very, very possible best to be a whole person outside of that relationship with Jesus. Because, you know, I've had lots of conversations with people. If you're you find yourself with a person, the only reason now that you are going to church more or praying more is because of that person, that's that isn't right. You know, yeah. you you have to be f- fiercely pursuing the Lord outside and without that other person in as a factor in the equation. Right. Yeah. And so always coming to the the to a dating relationships with that in mind, knowing that of course it doesn't mean that we're not going to have bad moments, we're not going to mess up or we don't have some baggage from our past that may come up that we may have to readdress. Um but coming to the plate with trying to figure out as best as we possibly can who God calls us to be. Right. So if so since you guys you have such a unique story in that the first time around when you guys married, you didn't have Jesus as a centerfold of your relationship. So now you do, and Jesus totally revealed that to you in your separation years apart about how important that was to have a God-centered relationship. What do you, what would you say to listeners right now of how important that is for you now and how you wish you may in ways have had that when you first met each other? Well, I mean, it's a game changer. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, totally, it's totally different, and it's just the mm-hmm. way – I look at her the way I treat her, the way I appreciate her, the way I cherish her is so different than what it was before. And, you know, that she's partially my responsibility and I want to care for her and protect her and provide for her. And, you know, that she's God's daughter. I mean, I never thought of her like that before. And, Mm. you know, all of that. So it's just totally different now. And, And we still argue. We still have, you know. Yeah. And so now, though, the difference is when we argue, we know that the other person is going to go and, you know, get right with the Lord first. And then we're going to come back and we're going to make up. We know that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes me a little longer and it does show to get to that place. But, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. But, <laughs> Internal processor. Yeah. This is what happens. <laughs> we didn't have that in our first marriage at all. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. totally different. And it's just, I don't know. What would you say? to me? Well, I mean, I, you know, what I felt like in the first marriage, and I wouldn't have put it this way then, but um, Jeff was trying to change my personality. So what we didn't understand back then is that God created each one of us uniquely in our mother's womb. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a scripture. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. the cool part is being able to learn the other person, um, understand what true intimacy is, um, and yes, sex is a part of that in marriage. That's a whole nother added thing in marriage for us, which is really a beautiful thing, but mm-hmm. we still need to learn to, um, pursue the other person's heart. And so mm-hmm. we weren't doing that. And then just, you know, instead of putting someone down for talents or the things you don't like about them or whatever is learning to understand 
who God made them and and their talents and traits and things like that. But then also walking alongside each other in Mm. our weaknesses, because none of us are ever going to be perfect. Yeah. And I have my quirks and he has his, and we love each other in the midst of all that. Not, Mm. and you know, you made the comment about irreconcilable differences. And the reality is people say all the time, well, we just don't, we just don't have anything in common. Well, Mm -hmm. we're not compatible. Okay. So the reality is, this is pretty blunt, but we are compatible, um, in the fact that I'm a female and he's a male. Um, yeah, he has a penis and I have a vagina and they fit together. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, (laughs) I love it. Let's get super real on the heart of dating. This is amazing. But the reality is that we should be the, the Bible talks about being Jesus is a reconciler constantly. We're constantly having to reconcile with Jesus, right? Um, that we should be expert reconcilers in our dating relationships, our yeah. marriage, our lives. Yeah. And so when we have that in mind um, and keep that at the forefront of our minds, even when we hit bumps along the way, the goal being, okay, where's my responsibility in this? What have I done to hurt the other person? How can I be a reconciler in this? Now, we can't force other people to reconcile with us, but we have a responsibility Mm. to be a forgiver and a reconciler. Hey, friends, question for you. Are you ready to take our relationship to the next level? Don't worry. This is a good thing. I want to invite you to be a part of the Heart of Dating Inner Circle. I am so thankful for Patreon because it gives artists and creators the ability to raise funds to do what they do best in crafting amazing works for their communities by allowing you, the fiercest of the fierce audience, to sign up for monthly pledges to support. You can sign up to support this podcast for as little as $5 a month, which these days is equivalent to one hipster cup of coffee. Let's just be real. So what's in it for you? Our Patreon clan will have first access to our episodes, as well as behind-the-scenes looks, into interviews, process, and more. It would mean the world to me if you checked out the Heart of Dating Patreon page so we can together empower others to live their best dating lives. I really want to continue to bring you helpful episodes, the best possible interviews, and stellar content. You can find out more at www.patreon.com forward slash heart of dating. So when you guys were going the process of redating one another, kind of redating, and like yeah. when you, yeah. um, how did that look different then now that you had Jesus? Because the first time around, um, you weren't using all of those practices and you mentioned that you had a void of really knowing each other, like mm-hmm. really, truly knowing one another. Yeah. So now that you have Jesus in your lives, how did that look different from you for you the second time around? Well, I mean, so it wasn't based on the physical side of a relationship yeah. like our first one was. And so it was more about just trying to share each other's heart, talk about, you know, how the Lord had really, you know, drawn us back to him during those uh, mm-hmm. six and a half years before we started dating or six years before we started dating again. Uh, talk about who we were in Christ and what was going on in our heart. We, we really just got to know each other all over again. Um, we had to really work at it. So yeah. I think yeah. the thing there that's well, in appreciating it, I have to say, you know, for me it was learning to appreciate our differences. Yeah. Or 
you know, I don't know that I appreciated the fact that she's super creative and I'm very process oriented. So, you know, like she, Cheryl said, I was trying to change her in the first marriage, you know, yeah. I'm, you know, I think of myself as being pretty logical and I would think of her as just being really super creative and super weird is what he thought. Yeah, no, but the reality is <laughs> the free it be, spirit. It, could it be that God was trying to teach me something by her being so creative and could it be that he was trying to teach her something by me mm. being very process oriented and the reality is the two of us together are really, you know, you know, a good couple, but separately, you know, we're different and just yeah. learning to appreciate and really celebrate those differences instead of, you know, both of us beating each other's head up against the wall, trying to, you know, change us, change them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important because there's a level of just getting to know someone a deeper way in dating and I think we so often, what I always say, I guess, is to check the quality of your qualifications, right? So um, there are some prerequisite or like very foundational things you want in place, but you want to be able to come at someone in dating and have a clear clear eyes to see them for exactly how God made them and to learn and appreciate who the other person is and not try to change them at all. And a lot of friends that I speak to who are having trouble in their dating relationship or don't know if they want to date this man or woman, I kind of challenge them saying, okay, of course this person is always going to grow and change, but if you were to marry them tomorrow, would you be totally satisfied? If they didn't, if they, you know, like, could you take them at face value today of how they were? Mm-hmm. Could you appreciate them for the God, how God created them to be? Knowing that, yes, they'll change in some ways, but your goal cannot be to change the person in relationship. Yeah, um, more to grow with them in the relationship because mm-hmm, you will continue yeah. to grow in your marriage. You know, something I also really want to touch on with you guys is endurance and perseverance just for a second, because it's so important for couples to really realize the importance of both those two things. And, you know, Gary Thomas says that marriage is not about being happy. It's about making us holy. Right. And so after in your time of separation, I know Cheryl, especially for you in a lot of ways, you really felt a clear call from, from God saying that he was going to redeem your marriage with Jeff, Mm -hmm. but Jeff was not really open to that at the time. And you had to really be focused, um, on enduring and persevering, Mm -hmm. um, during that time of being so steadfast and faithful to the Lord. Um, so what did that look like for you and keeping Jesus at the center, even though you so desired to be, to reconcile your marriage with Jeff? Mm -hmm. Um, and then what does that look like? I guess a question for both of you now that you are married in endurance and perseverance. Yeah, it it was absolutely one of the toughest things that I have ever had to do in my life. But uh, there is such a beautiful thread through the whole thing. So Mm -hmm. when I first was, when it was first laid on my heart, um, I really didn't understand what endurance and perseverance meant because I was such a brand new Christian. So it all collided at the same time for me. So we divorce. I become a Christian two months later. And about three months after that is when I felt like God was really pressed on me to, to restore the marriage or at least pursue trying to do that. Um, and I felt like God was sharing with me through the scriptures and books that I was reading that, you know, he wanted us to have a second chance because we didn't really, we weren't following him in the first marriage and he wanted to give us another, you know, uh, chance to do that. So, You know, I was really excited at first because I felt like it was so clear. Um, And so, you know, if you can imagine a seven-year process, that's that's a process. So, what God, yeah, what God showed me though at the beginning was that um, 
his goal for me for a little time was to persevere and endure with God, understanding Mm. God was, and that it wasn't time for our marriage to be restored yet, that he wanted me being faithful to him. Um, And what that looked like on a you know, on a uh, practical level, and it, it's in our book, and I write it out very clearly, and mm. actually get a lot of comments about this. That that was one of a lot of people's favorite part of of the book. One of them is the way that I do that, which is really interesting to me. I came to know the Lord in 1992, and I still have the exact same uh, way of hanging out with the Lord. Um, I love it. Yeah, wow. which is 26 years later. But wow, um, you know, I was getting up in the morning and you don't have to have a, whatever you want to call it, time with the Lord or, you know, quiet time, whatever term you want to use. But, um, for me, the best thing for me is getting up in the morning. I have a specific place that I sit. Um, I have my Bible. I've done a lot of journaling in my life. Um, I read, you know, I try to read one book at a time. I'm usually reading three books at a time that are spiritually focused (laughs) that I can really like dig into the Lord. And, um, you know, I, I really seek out the Lord. I seek out the Lord all, you know, all day, but this, at this time, I want to really hear from the Lord. You know, I want him to speak to my spirit and show me direction. And so in that time I would sit in my chair and I'd get my coffee and all of that and just really ask the Lord, you know, I feel like this is what you're laying on my heart. How do I do this? I don't even know what to do. And so he had me learning what a biblical marriage looked like first. And Mm. in that in that, I still had to love Jeff well, and that was, you know, tricky sometimes because we were divorced yeah. and we lived, you know, five minutes from each other. We shared the kids, saw each other all the time. It was very hard for me to be around him because I was so attracted to him and I wanted mm. him so badly. Um, but the Lord just kept showing me, listen, um, you know, when I would get, in a sense, down and out about it or just felt like it wasn't going to happen. The Lord gave me many, many verses in the Bible, but several of them are one of his Ephesians 3.20. I can do immeasurably more than you could uh, ask or imagine because I couldn't imagine that he could put it back together. Uh, Matthew 19.26, all things are possible with me. With people, things seem impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Mm. Um, But one of the bigger ones, which was in 1997, was uh, when God showed me when I was completely giving up on the thing, which was five years into our divorce, or yeah, five years after our divorce was final, is in Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 10, um, it talks about obedience. And Mm -hmm. God was showing me then that I had one foot in and one foot out that I would be tempted to date other people or just like, well, I might want to kind of keep my feelers out there just in case Jeff doesn't come you know, back around or whatever. But God was showing me that I wasn't being obedient and that mm. Deuteronomy 8, just to paraphrase, is obey all the commands I'm giving you today. I may take you through the desert these 40 years to test you to see where your heart is. Um, but I'm bringing you to a good land. And what God was showing me there is that good land was a new marriage and that he wanted me to keep hanging in there. So it was, mm. you know, lots and lots of things along the way there. But my time with the Lord was the most precious time of my day and still is. It's so beautiful too, because even though um, that was all in the hopes of getting reconciled for marriage, you still were in a season of singleness, right? And so I think that's really important for people, for singles listening now, or for a couple who may have been together, who may be taking some time apart. Um, yeah. I'll be really honest 
um, on my end, I had a relationship that I was in a very serious relationship and the guy did tell me he was unsure about the, where our relationship was going. And I had to take a moment. I met with my mentor and, um, it was really, really challenging when she said to me, Kate, do you trust, do you trust that God's plans are good? And I said, yes. And she was like, do you trust that his will for you is always good? And I was like, yeah. And she said, well, then I want you to know that nothing gets in the way of God's will for your life, nothing. And so I highly recommend that you take some time apart from one another. And I remember as soon as she said that, my flesh was just like, no, you know, my immediate visceral reaction was, I don't want to do that. Mm I think so often our tendency, um, just as humans, right, is, and and when we're not in full surrender and submission to the Lord, is I want to I want to keep my hands as like closely wrapped around the situation as possible because in my mind, if I wasn't right in front of this guy's view, he would forget about me. Yeah, that was like my initial reaction. Yeah. you know, and I had to learn through that that okay. That actually is, do I really want a man that's going to be with me only because I'm waving and like continuously in front of him? You know, (laughs) no, I didn't. At the end of the day, I want someone that where God puts it on their heart, ignites it on their heart as well to be with me. And then we come together. Yeah. Um, and so Jeff, how did, what did that look like for you in that season as well of, you know, once God put that on your heart, how, how did, how does endurance and perseverance really relate for you as well? Well, I mean, I think, you know, James talks about it in James chapter one. He says, count it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. And so I think about that verse because what I feel like in these trials that we go through in life, God is trying to teach us something. Yeah. goes on to say that, you know, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's the it's the maturity process, the progressive sanctification. And um, so, I mean, you started off the question a few minutes ago about Gary Thomas's book about, yeah. you know, sacred marriage, which we love that book. We highly recommend it. And so good. The sacred search too for yes. dating couples. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And he's talking about, you know, God's more concerned about your holiness than your happiness. And mm-hmm. so God will use that other person in your life as a tool of, um, of sanctification because we're in the same yeah. process of growing to look more like Christ, you know, progressive sanctification. Mm. So in the second, you know, dating time, I guess, you know, to me, it was really trying to get to know each other. Like we really never knew each other before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just more for me, it was obvious that Cheryl had changed. It was obvious. It was clear that she was chasing after the Lord. It was Mm -hmm. to me that God had drawn me back to him. So really it was just trusting God then that, you know, yeah. And that really taking that leap of faith that that the Lord is at the center is going to be at the center of our new marriage. And so trust in him with all my heart and, you know, Proverbs three, five and six says, trust him with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, Mm -hmm. but you know, you know, my own understanding for, you know, Oh, probably all my life up until that point and yeah. all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Mm-hmm. And so, mm. you know, it was that, it was just understanding that our marriage is really more about each one of us having an individual relationship with Christ and then coming together as, as two with Christ at the center of that so yeah. in one flesh. So marriage. I think in yeah. the form of a dating relationship, you won't understand that Still, the most important relationship in your life is with Christ. So you want to honor Christ in the midst of your dating relationship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
So good. And that endurance and perseverance never goes away. You're still going to have to, oh, yeah. your problems don't go away when you get married. You well, know, like a lot of people. We're 85. Yeah. When we're sitting on the rocking chair on the front porch together, babe. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. I'm like okay. doing yoga. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, I do have one question just, you know, because you guys have gone through this. So what are your thoughts if infidelity does happen in dating? You know, does that mean in your opinion that the relationship should end? I know that happened in your marriage, but what do you guys think about that in a dating relationship? Mm -hmm. I, I think honestly, I, I think it's a real warning sign to me yeah. in the dating relationship. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I mean, so clearly, I mean, you're not in a covenant the two of you are not in a covenant with God in the right. dating relationship. So to me, you know, I, I try to think about it. Well, if my daughter was dating someone before, both of them are married now, but if they've been dating someone before and they, the guy was cheating on them while they were dating, I would probably tell them to run. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. Because it's probably a good indication of what they may yeah. do. Cause you're looking their for tendency someone, later on, uh, you know, with character and integrity mm. cheating on you while you're dating them, you know, it's like, what are you going to marry them and then try to change them? Yeah. Or what? Totally. I think it'd be, you know, why is that happening? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that'd be a huge, huge red flag right there. I think too, for anyone who maybe has struggled with the, you know, being with someone and having thought like even in dating, being with someone and having thoughts of like wanting to cheat or actually cheating. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good indication of analyzing your character and your heart. Like, where is your heart at with God? Yeah. It's not to shame the person, but like what is going on to spur that tendency? Sure. Um, what's yeah. happening within you? And um, yeah, to not be afraid to talk about it, but to just go seek help for that. If that's something that you're running into or even just the tendency or the thoughts over yeah. and over. Well, I would just say that person's not ready to get married. Yeah. 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 I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So, oh my gosh, this has been such a fun conversation. I end every podcast interview with the same question. So I want to ask you guys, what is one nugget from your experience, from your Jeff and Charles experience? Um, and I like to think of it as like, if you're writing a Facebook post or a Twitter update mm -hmm. or something like that, but one, what's one piece of nugget advice that you could give for dating couples? Yeah. Go ahead. Huh? One dating. Okay. Let me think about this. I would say to date, <laughs> in community, you know, not, not in secret to, you know, date, bring your friends around you when you're dating this, whoever this person is. And that when I say community, I'm talking about biblical community. So there are people that know you, that know you, who you are in Christ, understand your relationship with God. And also, um, you know, I, they know, they know what to look like. Sometimes you'll have a friend that'll say, you know, mm. I saw this. I mean, I went out with you guys and I saw this. Have, have you thought about this? And I'm like, wow, that's, that's really some helpful insight. Also, I think it's important that you have mentors in your life. So people that mm. learn wiser and have a different perspective. Yeah. Both of those kind of go hand in hand, dating and community, having other people to vouch for you and having mentors. So, yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I think, you know, if I were to say anything, um, one is, especially for women, um, not being afraid to be vulnerable because I was, mm. I was petrified of that. Mm. And, um, secondly, don't live your life. Uh, don't live a hidden life. Mm. live in secret. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. 
and that and that's really deep there because you can go a lot of different directions with yeah. you know living mm-hmm. your life in secret. Even back to talking about what we were talking a minute ago about having some people to uh, help you process life because you know we start secret life doesn't necessarily mean secret sexual life or something like that. It can be that you just process deep things on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So secret doesn't mean bad necessarily. Yeah, no, not necessarily. I mean, I grew up processing like that my whole life pretty much. Mm-hmm. Finally in counseling. The other thing I would say there is don't be afraid of counseling because mm. it's, it's a very powerful tool. And, um, you know, when we were growing up, it wasn't as, uh, available as it is today. Uh, right. But it is important to really be with, you know, if you're a believer, a biblical counselor, so that you're actually studying what the Bible says, um, yeah. you know, on heart issues rather than just anything, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think something so good about counseling, too, is that going to counseling doesn't mean that you just have a whole bunch of problems and you're such a broken person. It's really to yeah. seek direction yeah. and to just grow. Right. And I think. I tell all my friends I feel like a nerd these days, but I'm always reading. I'm constantly reading. And I'm, I always challenge people, if the person isn't really reading or trying to grow, then what's then you need to probably like think about that a little bit. And the same with counseling. It's it's a great way to just grow and learn. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you are a messed up person. Yeah. You can you can have things you're working on, but it's really to seek growth, right? And so I, also I think feel that's like- a harder thing concept for men to understand than women. Yeah, yeah it's I think true. you were yeah. to tell your boyfriend you want to go to counseling, he thinks you're trying to get him fixed, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> instead true. Of, instead of it being a, a learning process for both of us. And the reality is it is really helpful. And, you know, we're, we're all about it. Obviously we're, that's what we do. Yeah. And, um, we both mm-hmm. have gone to counseling and both of us seek it out. And the reality is it's, it's healthy. I mean, I have a different spin on it. I actually think that Counseling is um, a very courageous and brave thing to do because it's, it challenges us and it challenges our hearts and it helps you get to places where you never thought maybe that you could um, get to or talk about or whatever. But all that comes from that is freedom mm. and healing. Yeah. So good. And just one last note on that. Do you guys recommend that as couples, people should go individually and together? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Good to know. I think people need to hear that too. Cause they're, I think some people are afraid to do it together or individually, or they're like one or the other, but I think probably both are important. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You guys are amazing. I'm so excited and thankful to have had you on the Heart of Dating podcast today. Okay. We have loved it. You are just so precious. I can't wait for when we can meet in LA in person. I know. I can't wait. I know. Finally. Or in Dallas. If I'm in Dallas, I'm coming to say hi to you guys. You know it. One last thing. Where can everyone find you guys if they want to connect with you? And I'll put it all um, in the notes as well. Yeah. So our website is uh, hopeformarriages.com and that's uh, H-O-P-E-F-O-R marriages, plural.com. Um, our Instagram is at Cheryl Scruggs and we've yeah. housed all of our uh, handles on there now. So it's Cheryl Scruggs, but it includes uh, my podcast, which is Thriving Beyond Belief, which Kate, you yes. were just on recently. I'm a huge fan of that podcast, Cheryl. <laughs> and then um, our our, also, our marriage handle is on there now, too. So we combined all three. 
Uh, so we're there okay. together. Twitter is at Cheryl Scruggs um, and Facebook is at Cheryl Scruggs. We can tell who runs the social media in the house. Yeah. If, if you want to contact me, it's best to go through our website and there's, there's a space that con, you know, from just contact you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I we love actually it. meet with couples all over the United States. Well, we're actually seeing some people internationally right now via Skype. Uh, oh my gosh, that's we're not amazing. Just in the Dallas area. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's really good for people to know yeah. too. Awesome, you guys. Thank you so much for just sharing your story, your hearts, and for your time today. Thanks, Kate. Okay. Great. Bye bye. Thank you. Oh my goodness, I just love that couple so much. Give me a good redeeming love story and I will just melt. They are truly couple goals in every single way. And you guys, I kid you not, I cried all the way through their book, I Do Again. It is such a rich and powerful testimony. Today we learn the importance of communication in relationship, how it is vital to be known, seen, and heard by the person you are dating, and how important it is, as Cheryl says, to pursue the other person's heart. Most importantly, what Jeff and Cheryl both agree on is that it's vital to keep Jesus at the center of your relationship. Also, y'all, don't be afraid of some counseling. You can reach Jeff and Cheryl at hopeformarriages.com and please go on and check out Cheryl's podcast, Thriving Beyond Belief, which provides enriching content to help you thrive in your life. And who doesn't want to thrive, right? Also, if you support this mission, I'd love, love, love for you to hit subscribe on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can also stay up to date with show notes on heartofdating.com and you can follow along on Instagram at, at heartofdating. And, you know, if you happen to know a friend or two that might need some dating help, I'd love for you to share this with them and get them to also support this. We have some amazing guests coming up in the coming weeks, and I am confident you will love it. So stick with me as we journey through this together. Until next time, friends. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.